0: Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch, where we continue our podcast series on the 456 system for living made up of. Four rituals, five habits, and six life hacks. Now, systems like this are powerful because they do not rely on motivation. Whether you wake up feeling like crap or down on something, this daily system will keep you on track. What most of us don't realize, and something that I did not realize when I was growing up and building a career and a family and a business, was that everyone on the planet experiences issues, setbacks and disappointments, rejections, failures. But some of us are just better equipped at managing them. And when I say better equipped, most of us think these people have greater motivation. When in truth, they have life systems to keep them on track. And what I'm sharing with you today And what I have shared in the five previous episodes and the next few episodes is a system that I have personally lived by. I don't share anything with you that I've just purely read. This is my own system. I've developed it. I've lived by it for a very long, long time, and I have coached from it. And from empirical evidence, I've seen how effective it is with the people that I've coached. So we have covered the four daily rituals in detail in the last four episodes, but I also urge you to go back. And listen to episode 99 which kicked off this series and that is called is reliance on motivation ruining your life now i know that is a lot of listening but do you remember how many hours and effort you put at school learning shakespeare or trigonometry or at university getting your degree now how much more important are you than what you do your identity is not defined by what you do, but who you are. So please take the time to learn about yourself. You know, the ancient seers instructed us, know thyself. I think it was Aristotle who said that. Why is this important? In my personal experience, my life started improving dramatically when I started to learn about me. So it was that internal adventure. You know, most of us thinking as learning things external to ourselves, but in the last podcast, I covered how learning is also an an internal venture. Now, that process of self-discovery is where you will discover and unleash your talents and skills. That's how I really discovered mine. I was such a shy, insecure boy and teenager. But the more I looked within, the more that it boosted my performance in all eight areas of my life, including my work and my business. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to swing into the five daily habits that will absolutely revolutionize your life. If you are new to our community, as I said, and you have not listened to the last five podcasts, it is preferable you do so. Why? Because it will be difficult for you to instill these new habits in without the four daily rituals as your foundation. We talked about uh, ritual number one was movement, which gets you out of your head and into your body where the state of pure consciousness lives. Ritual number two was about meditation, where I taught you the higher branch method for meditation. And the ritual number three was journaling. And that was where I taught you the conversation you have with yourself to hold yourself accountable In the morning, it was your goals for the day. And in the evening, it is your review for the day. And in ritual number four, we talked about learning and how that helps you grow so you continuously tweak your habits and your life hacks. And that's why you need those four rituals as a foundation. And look, the rituals of movement, meditation, and journaling is not what you think that you have heard generically out there on Google or whatever you've read in the past. This is our own particular method for practicing movement, meditation, and journaling. And it's done in the first hour and the last hour of the day. And it absolutely sets the foundation for these five habits that I'm going to kick off with you today, starting with the first habit. Okay, so why are habits so powerful? We live in an era of self-actualization where everybody has dreams, but so few work on their goals. The difference? Now, dreams live in the heart. That's what ignites your passion and gets you excited and enthusiastic. How many of us have felt that way, but then didn't actually do anything about it? So we get pumped up on motivation, on the excitement, but nothing happens. We don't follow through. Goals, on the other hand, live in the mind goals are what you need to work on to achieve your dreams. Some people describe dreams as end goals, but it's really dreams that rest in your heart. It's what really gets your emotions up to the surface, brings passion up to the surface. So for example, a dream may be to finish a degree, but the daily goals are the lectures you need to attend, the texts you have to read, the assignments you need to complete, and the exams you need to pass. Another dream may be in the tree of love, maybe to have a loving, intimate relationship. But the daily goals are the dates you need to schedule, the hours you need to listen, you know, the, the support you need to give, the tolerance you need to show in times of stress and conflict. Another example of a dream may be to have a fit and sculpted body. But the daily goal is to show up to the gym or park or oval, you know, the waking early or staying up late to train, the shopping, preparing, and eating an athletic engineered diet. Now, I outline these examples because people confuse goals with dreams. And why is it important for you to know the difference? Because goals are the tough stuff you need to do daily. Everybody gets pumped up on the dream, but then loses motivation on the day to day goals they need to achieve. So they give up, right? Enter habits. Habits are much more powerful than motivation. Habits are what drives the performance of your goals. Habits are what gets you through the tough stuff, the work, the grind, the setbacks, the rejections, the disappointments, the energy dips, the sore and sick moments. Now, why do humans have habits? Why are we wired for habits? Now, habits are an automation tool of the subconscious mind. And look, I've read quite a few books uh, on this uh, subject, and so I'm giving you the highlights or the snapshot. Now, through the repetition of an act that yields a reward, and it's important to know that second element, humans are wired to delegate tasks from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. So they end up performing a task without really thinking about it. This delegation frees the conscious mind up to focus on new experiences, new ideas, creativity and other important functions. Now, you don't want to use the conscious mind to tie your shoelaces or brush your teeth, right? It's a waste of attention bandwidth. But what if we can use habits to also automate actions that are tough but good for us, really good for us? So in this next series of five episodes, I'm going to outline the five habits that will help you power through the toughest of times. They will get you to show up every time, rain, hail, or shine. Now, before I reveal the first important habit, you must be wondering, how do you create a new habit? How do you cultivate a new habit? Simple, through repetition and reward. Remember those two R's. So neuroscientists tell us that it takes two lunar cycles to cultivate a new habit. In other words, two months. So that's roughly 60 odd days. So at first, it is tough. But as you repeat an action, it gets easier and easier. You need to persist and have willpower at first. But to make it easier, the habits I will be sharing with you will yield a strong emotional reward. The second R... And this is the critical element that makes you more inclined to repeat that habit until you cross what scientists call the line of automaticity. This is the point where this new task goes from the conscious mind to the subconscious. From there, the task and life gets easier, not because you do not experience issues and challenges, but because you'll be wired to show up no matter what. Okay. So, the first habit I'm going to take you through is the habit of smiling. Smile on waking and smile all day. Smile as soon as you open your eyes to greet a new day. Behind this simple little poem is some very powerful science. So, please don't dismiss this habit as too simple. Please stay with me as I demonstrate why this first daily habit is so important. Did you know... That people who walk around with a ready smile are more attractive and charismatic, have more confidence, are more trusted by customers, by friends, by potential life partners, are less likely to have arguments and conflicts, are more persuasive and influential, they make better leaders, have happier children and families, are more productive at work, are much less likely to suffer from seriousness, anxiety, and depression, have lower blood pressure, and lastly, they live longer. Smiling even boosts your immune system. If you have a look at the research by Dr. Murray Grossan, G-R-O-S-S-A-N, who's a scientist of psychoneuroimmunology, where he talks about how the brain is connected to the immune system, The science of how our physiology, in other words, the simple act of smiling, impacts our thoughts and feelings has been established by many researchers, notably by Harvard professor Amy Cuddy. And there is countless research specifically on the benefits of smiling, even forced smiling. But the most interesting is recent research by the University of Cardiff that showed even people who could not frown because of Botox injections, were happier on average than those who could frown. So yes, even forced smiling. Why is smiling on waking important? Because this is the habit I want you to cultivate as soon as you kick off the day and then throughout the day. The simple act of smiling on waking will set the tone for the next 16 waking hours. Science tells us that the first few seconds after we wake and the feeling we wake with stays with us all day. Super powerful. Now, you would have heard me in previous podcasts talking about this life system, you know, the four rituals, five habits and six life hacks. But I've also shared with you the segues in between. And one of those segues in the morning, especially I go out And I ground myself with bare feet on the grass. I look to the sun. Sometimes I'll do some yoga poses to greet the sun. But the other most powerful thing that I do, first of all, before I kick off any rituals, is this habit of waking up with a smile. Now, how can you reward this habit so it gets repeated? Now, I said that what gets rewarded gets repeated. And then it becomes a habit. Now, the benefits of smiling I listed above will be reward enough. But to make it even easier, here are some very powerful tips. Number one, watch or listen to comedy before you go to bed, preferably before the last hour. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about that uh, a little later. Number two, hang out with people that are fun or funny. There is a ton of research on the law of attraction and human mimicking behavior. There is a ton more showing that the majority of men and women prefer to marry or live with a partner who has a greater sense of humor, period. Number three is do more fun things in your day. And this is where I'm going to just go off on a little tangent with you and talk about why it is so important to have fun in your life because what comes first having fun or smiling it's the chicken and the egg right and yes you can cultivate the habit of smiling but this is another way of rewarding that behavior so it becomes a habit we are all in the business of selling ourselves whether at work with friendships in relationships with your family That is the reality. People connect with you first, and if they like you, they will use every justification to do business with you or to hang out with you. Now, the question is, does having fun make you successful? As I said earlier, research shows that smiling more does, and having fun helps you to smile more. So my thesis is this, the more fun you have in your life, the more smiling you will do and the more attractive and successful you'll become. We all know those people that like to have fun in life. They smile more, they have more energy and they magically attract good things and good people to them. People are naturally attracted to the smiling, most enthusiastic person in the room. Be that person and you will attract more people into your life, more customers, more clients, more friends, more family members. It's that simple. Without fun, even at work, I I noticed that without fun, a KPI is met, a box is ticked, and another dull day goes by without empathy and connection with the customer. With fun, everyone is excited to be at work. Emails are written with smiley faces, phone calls are filled with laughter, and I know in my work, transactions are completed with purpose. Yes, fun is important, not just at home, And not just for you to help you develop this daily ritual of smiling, but it's imperative in business. I honestly attribute a lot of our success in business, not just to our automation and to obviously our great culture, but it's our ability to have fun. I think it was a CEO, Southwest Airlines, many years ago, and I learned this uh, in a chapter that I read. I forget the name of the book. He said, rarely do people do great things at work if they are not having fun doing it. So why isn't everyone having fun? Why are we going through this epidemic of seriousness? Now, most people have lost the ability to have fun or worse still, have the wrong idea about what fun is. Now, I want to clarify what fun is not. Fun is not getting drunk on a Friday night. Fun is not surfing TV or the internet or scrolling social media. Fun is not attracting likes on social media. Fun is not in the next new car or pair of shoes you buy. Fun is not found in walking around a shopping center. So as adults, why have most of us lost the ability to have fun? As children, having fun came naturally and easily. Making friends and being funny is a joy for children. As school, parents and even religious institutions start to influence our belief systems, we start to do things to please others and spend precious energy worrying about what they think. We stop smiling as much and take ourselves too seriously. We are told to sit still for long periods, follow orders and conform. We are asked, what do you want to be when you grow up, instead of questions like, How would you like to help others and contribute to society? Then, as we become adults, we start watching the news and learning fear. And at the time of recording this podcast, we're going through a lockdown in Sydney. And I can tell you, every time I switch on the television and news comes on, I quickly (laughs) flick to the next channel because it instills this element of fear. Now it's not done intentionally, it's inadvertently because the news is what it is. People like to say bad news, rarely is good news on TV or on YouTube or on social media. Then what happens to us as we grow older? We learn to complain, we start to blame, we focus on fault, we become cynical, even miserable or at best mediocre. Most of all, we stop scheduling time to have fun as we focus more and more on the material world and the serious world. Now, I know there are people out there that are listening to this right now thinking, well, it's okay for you to say, Sam, just to go out and have fun, but I'm not happy. I need to be happy to have fun. But do you really? Do you need to be happy to have fun? Yes and no right? I'll be honest with you. Being happy makes having fun easier. But having fun also makes you happy. Being unhappy or in a bad mood is a signal from your body and the mind and your emotions that you need to change something in your life. You need to change your thinking. You need to change your lifestyle or even change the people that you hang out with. And I've discussed the importance of staying away from toxic people in your life. These changes require effort and time and having fun should not wait for those changes to happen. So the shortcut is to force yourself to do fun things so you can be happy in that moment. Most of us don't feel like having fun when we are in a bad mood. I get that. But that is when we need it the most. So you need to force yourself to get up and get out. So how do you force yourself to have fun? I'm going to give you five tips to give you that fun mindset. And I'm going to give you 18 ideas for having fun. Now, this is lifted directly from my journal. Okay, first, the five tips. Tip number one, turn your frown upside down by changing your posture. Your body language has a huge impact on your mindset and vice versa. Make a point of laughing out loud whenever you get the opportunity. Which leads me to tip number two. Watch and listen to comedy, movies and stand-up. Scientists have shown that doing this makes you a funnier person, puts you in the mood and puts you in the mood to have fun. It also makes you more intelligent, which is an added bonus. That's right. You know, comedians are the most intelligent people on the planet and listening to comedians also boosts your IQ and that is also supported by research. Now, I personally watch a short comedy skit every night as part of my nightly routine My favorite comedians are Arj Barker, Kitty Flanagan, Jim Jeffries, Michael McIntyre, and Russell Peters. Especially Michael McIntyre has been one of my favorites more recently because he's one of the rare few that he's rated G. And I can listen to his stuff freely in the house with the kids around. Okay, tip number three. Surprise your family and friends. Be a prankster and do the unexpected. Go home at the end of the day with a bunch of balloons for the kids. Print your favourite funny family photos and stick them in unusual places. My daughter Amelia taught me this when she was 13. She transposed her mum's face on an image of the Mona Lisa and stuck it on the inside of the pantry cupboard, the wardrobe. So wherever my wife would regularly open certain doors, she found that photo. And you should have heard the cackles every time a door opened. Now, this went on for days. It's just an example of how you can do the unexpected. Work on surprising your family and friends. Simple. Number four, surprise your customers and staff. Now, I've coached a few salespeople on how to have fun with customers on the phone and in person. And it works. It builds instant rapport. Turn up to an appointment with a box of chocolates or a funny book or movie tickets. Be thoughtful. I mean, your choice depends on what information that customer gave you over the phone before you made the appointment. Make sure you make the customers feel like it's obligation free as well. It's all in the delivery. At MSA, we constantly surprise our team with fun and unexpected things. I remember one day we filled the breakout room with delicious treats in a Willy Wonka style theme, and we had Adriano Zumbo deliver all these amazing treats. The vibe in the office was electric. There were smiles everywhere and selfies being taken because we are all big kids in a candy store waiting to come out. doesn't matter what our age is. Okay, my fifth tip is use fun emojis and be funny with your emails and texts. This does not make you unprofessional as long as this fun approach is coupled with displays of competence. Fun communications just makes you more human and interesting, and people will be genuinely intrigued to meet you in person. It will at least get them to read your email. We live in the YouTube generation where people don't like to read anymore. You know, with one client I coached, we simply made her voicemail message more fun, and customer referrals increased significantly because people were sharing that voicemail. She became known as the fun mortgage broker who knew her stuff. With another client, we changed his email auto-response and the rapport with customers increased significantly. He started getting more appointments. Okay, now I mentioned these five tips, but I also, as promised, said I would go through the 18 things that I do to have fun. Now, these are personal to me and these have gone on for many years. Okay, and some of them you're going to listen to and think, huh, we can't do that now, we're in lockdown. But, you know, this is over the last few years uh, that I recently, I went back through my journal and I extracted them all out. And I thought, you know what, what are the things that I do that I have fun that I can share with our listeners? And look, some of these things females may not relate to, but I hope it gives you an idea anyway. So number one, I organise a card night with whiskey, cigars, or whatever makes me happy, Right. But do what makes you happy. Ultimately, it comes down to socializing. Number two, go on a country drive on weekends and take a cavalcade of cars. Go with a whole group of friends. Number three, and this is something that my daughter used to love when uh, she was younger, and that is pretend you are a tourist and put on an accent for the day. Now, we used to go shopping and do that. Number four, Go to the farmer's market or better still, go fruit picking at a farm. That is fun. I guarantee it. You will have fun. Number five, invite your neighbors over and especially the weird ones because they're the ones you'll have fun with the most and the ones that will surprise you. Number six, host a movie night with popcorn and ice cream. Number seven, share your bucket list with friends and talk about what each means to you. And ask them to share their bucket list. Number eight, go through your old photos and relive the stories. This does not make you live in the past. Rather, it inspires future adventures. Number nine, go on a bike ride. The wind in your hair will guarantee make you smile. Number 10, go bowling or better still, play lawn bowls. (laughs) And For those of you who have not played lawn bowls, it is really, really fun. Number 11, take turns cooking, especially with friends. Boys cooking for the girls always ends up in a lot of fun and laughter. Number 12, go to the park and on the swing set with your kids. Number 13, play board games or charades. Number 14, tell or read your kids' stories at bedtime. Now, I prefer to tell kids' stories at bedtime. Use your creativity, your imagination Unlearn that seriousness and tap into their mindset. A child will take you down this beautiful path where you will reconnect with that youthful side of you. And telling stories is much better than reading stories. Number 15, play backyard cricket or touch footy. Number 16, attend a seminar with your friends or colleagues. Yes, learning should be fun. Number 17, organise a surprise party for a friend or a family member. Number 18, which is our favourite in our household, and that is go dancing. Now, we are in lockdown at the moment. Does not mean that you can't crank up the music in your living room, close the shutters so your neighbours can't see you, and just dance. Okay, do you notice how all of the above 18 things that I just listed that I personally do to have fun don't require much, if any, money? Did you also notice that all of the above is best enjoyed with your family and your friends? Life is boring without people. We need people. We need to socialize. And yes, we are in lockdown at the moment in Sydney and Yes, you can complain about the inability to socialise, but, you know, have dinner date with friends over Zoom. And it's a compromise, yes, but it is still something. Can you imagine the 1919, whenever it was, when we had the Spanish flu, people were locked up for weeks and days. They were afraid to leave their homes. They didn't have any of their technology. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have FaceTime, right? Right. Now, I want to finish on this thought because I know there are people out there that will say, Sam, I'm not comfortable smiling. I'm telling you to cultivate this habit in the first few seconds as soon as your eyes wake in the morning, smile, okay, and then smile throughout the day. But I know some of you will say, okay, I can smile when I wake up, but throughout the day, how do I smile without appearing creepy? You know that creepy smile I'm talking about, you know, that Mr. Bean does? (laughs) Now, it comes down to, you know, what is appropriate. It comes down to time and place. There is a time to be serious and a time for humor. There is a difference between childlike and childish. There is a difference between wit and just plain inappropriate conduct. And just like any other habit you create, the more you practice smiling, the more natural it will start to feel. And then you will find yourself smiling out of pure joy. It's not about faking it until you make it. It is about faking it until you start to become it. Okay, so that concludes this week's episode of A Higher Branch on our series of the four daily rituals. And we are now kicking it off with the five powerful daily habits. I hope that this first daily habit has given you something to think about, Trust me when I say it is powerful and especially once you compound it with the four other powerful daily habits that I'm going to share with you. Don't underestimate the power of simplicity and the simplicity of smiling, the lost art of smiling and having fun is really your key to unlocking that doorway to living an incredible life. Now, I want to remind people as well to go back and listen to the five previous episodes commencing with episode 99 and I also want to remind people to go back and listen to an episode I recorded on the 6th of December 2019 called the five bad habits that you need to get rid of in your life because it is not just about sowing new habits but it's also about getting rid of old habits okay on that note Thank you, friends, for listening to another episode of A Higher Branch. And as always, live consciously, my friends.